Today's episode of Your Stories is brought to you by the Lagunitas Brewing Company's Chicago Tap Room and Beer Sanctuary. Come for fresh beer, live music, and killer food Wednesdays through Sundays, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Bring your group and hop on a brewery tour seven days a week. Swing by the Lagunitas Tap Room in Pilsen or find some near you at Lagunitas.com. Life is uncertain. Don't sip. Hello, Your Stories family. Chris Crotwell here bringing the next episode and our look back at some of our favorites. This is a bonus episode recorded May 25th, 2015 in celebration of our very own Dwight Hassler's 30th birthday. Dwight is an absolute ray of sunshine, and besides his incredible vocals and performances with your stories, a lot of what he brings to the show every single time is intangible. It can't really be encompassed in an audio medium. One of the great things about the Your Stories community is the warmth and passion and love that people bring to these performances in this community. And nobody, nobody really evokes the warm and fuzzies the way Dwight Hassler does. I think that brings this show really great energy. A group of people in a room celebrating someone that they're passionate about and that they care about deeply. It has some incredible performances from Kevin Reeder, Chris Geiger, Andrew Bentley, Joe Gennaro, Lauren Rodriguez, and a bevy of other classic storytellers, many of my absolute favorites. It has some fantastic music, as always, and I hope that you enjoy getting to go back in time a little bit and listen to this celebration of one of the people who... Besides being on more episodes than any other single human being, has really been a backbone in terms of setting the tone and providing a rock and a rock star to help keep this show going and keep it lovely and fantastic. Love you guys, and I will see you soon. We're gearing up to take over at Fan Fiction February, and I think it is going to be a great time. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. Let's have a big round of applause for Dwight. So Kevin and I get to look like we planned this thing. <laughs> we did not. We did started off telling a quick anecdote about you, our favorite thing about you, mm-hmm. or one of our favorite stories about you. Uh, we did a Nerdalog show. We did, a, we did a show at the old I.O. Theater. It, uh, it was the... Before it burnt down. <laughs> the old I.O. The yeah. Uh, it was the Nerd Wars, right? No, no, it was, no, it was, two, it was, it was the one before that. that. Yeah, it was oh. just a random sketch show. Yeah. It was a sketch show, and we were like, "Man, we need some help." Yeah, so we asked uh, Shock Tees. Mm-hmm. They uh, said no, and they said no. They said they could until the day of, and then they canceled. So oh. we asked White. Oh, okay. <laughs> After asking them again if they could do it, <laughs> they're still staying. So we were scrambling, right? So Dwight was our fourth choice because uh, Claire couldn't do it. Uh, uh, so we had Dwight memorize a bit. Uh, it was part of uh, where he. It was, it was an Indiana sketch, right? It was a sketch. Oh, it was Carmen San Diego sketch. I, for, for some reason, I thought I, that was the same. This was our up. favorite memory of Dwight. That we <laughs> Uh, I know it's Carmen San Diego, but I thought yeah. it was part of the Indiana sketch. Uh, yeah. but he has it memorized Carmen San Diego songs, and uh, Dwight's an accomplished singer. Uh, sings on stage for your stories often. He's yeah. part of a cover band, right? right. Sings on stage. Yeah. Shouldn't be a problem. Uh, uh, the thing about Dwight that you don't know, or maybe you guys do know, terrible, terrible stage fright. Yeah. <laughs> Crippling fear of people staring at him. Right. And he expressed this. He expressed this before he went up, but we were sure that he. We're was like, back. oh, Dwight, you got this, baby. You don't worry about it, man. You got your back. Pro, bub. So the bit involves like. Basically, I don't know if you've been to the old IOS theater. There was that window that opens up, and he was going to be behind it. I think Claire was Claire. No, Claire was on stage. There was uh, fucking Carmen San Diego, mm-hmm. this idiot. There was uh, one girl. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin could have played it. <laughs> but 
Uh, the window was just open, and then he was going to sing the Carmen San Diego song. <coughs> Pretty easy. And Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Take it, Dwight. <laughs> he did that. So the, 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 the window opens. It's his big moment. <laughs> and most people, when they forget what they're supposed to say, come up with something. He opens the window, and he's like... <laughs> and then he just his big moment the thing was he said it was a Carmen San Diego song and it was Carmen San Diego bit so everyone in the audience knew what was it was supposed to be <laughs> he was supposed to punchline it window opens everyone's like yes here we go Carmen San Diego song falls completely <laughs> over over the window and then, so the song doesn't happen, he slinks back in and closes the window. No song happened. We keep doing the bit. This is supposed to happen two more times. We're, and it did. It did. Window opens. Uh, he gets it sort of the second time, and then the third time he, he does all right. But each time it was like... Fingers crossed. Dwight's <laughs> gonna get it. He's the only person I've known who's ever gone up on stage and admitted to everyone that he's got, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I'll leave it on that. I'll leave it on that. Big kiss to Dwight, everybody. You didn't introduce the host of the show. I know. The guy who got this all together. Me. <laughs> hey, I'm Eric and Lauren. <laughs> Lauren got us all together. But I hey guys, so uh, the the half-cock dinner is that this is an actual Your Story show, and we always do music at Your Story shows, and uh, it's usually me and Dwight and Claire, but tonight we're just going to start with me. So, uh, maybe later. Don't be weird. No, now! So... Dwight and I met it uh, in 2006 when I, I had a comic book store called Stand Up Comics in Lansing, and I think we bonded over two bands initially. And uh, you're going to hear both in this opening salvo here. And uh, this is uh, this is the first one. This is Bad Religion.
the third of us, Claire, to come up here. And Claire's going to say something before she sings something. Yeah, I If you sing something, say something. That's true. Um, so, uh, I have got... Oh, my God. How long have I been singing with you guys? Since like, middle of 2013, three, I yeah, think. Yeah, three, two, three years? Yeah, uh, Anyway. Um, irrelevant. So, uh, I uh, was very much the inverse of Dwight in that I was a performer with terrible singing on stage fright. Um... So, like, I auditioned for a couple of musicals in high school because I liked singing a lot, even though I wasn't in choir or anything like that. And the first time, uh, I changed octaves in the middle of my audition song. And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was dope. And then the, <laughs> uh, the second time, I just, like, fell on my face and, like, never made a musical and, like, vowed, like, I was never going to do it again. Um, and so getting into Chicago comedy gave me a couple of opportunities to sing. And then, uh, eventually... Uh, Dwight and Eric were like, hey, do you want to, like, help us out on a song or two? And I was always just, like, wrecked with nerves. I had secretly always wanted to be in a band and never taken any action or asked anyone on it because I was so afraid. Um, and so it really meant a lot to me that they uh, asked me to join them in that way. And uh, I'll, I'll say for this in particular, um, Dwight especially, uh, I have kind of a thing that I do in my head because, like, as you guys are well aware... Um, I still get really nervous, and uh, especially when we were starting out, like, forget words or stumble over stuff or crack on high notes because my voice is shaking or stuff like that. And uh, I just uh, started trying really hard to uh, act however Dwight would act uh, <laughs> while he was singing. And any time I did that, it made it so much more fun and uh, uh, way better um, because... Uh, He's one of the best, uh, he has some of the best stage presence and, like, engagement in songs and in singing and makes everything so fun. And so I just try and copy that, uh, as closely as I possibly can. So, um, tonight, uh, this is the second song that is one of Dwight's favorite bands. Um, so that's very exciting. And, uh, Eric picked this out. And I just, it, it speaks to me. Uh, I know it speaks to Dwight because he knows every word on this entire album. And I think all of the other albums from this band as well. Uh, <laughs> that must be true. Yeah, and I, uh, I mean, it's been true anytime we've done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Dwight keeps finding ways to do songs by them, which is fine because, you know, I've got my Bruce Springsteen and Dwight has his Tenacious D. And I'm, I'm going to just tune this real, real quick. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do it, uh, I'm gonna try and do it justice and, and try really hard to do it, do it like you would do it. Uh, oh, do you have the tambourine? No! Oh, it's right it's here. here. <laughs> <laughs> That's something we all like to do is forget things that we need for songs. Yes. One, two, three, four... Friends are running, making in the sand. Friends holding hands, so 
Although I would have wanted to anyway, I'm gonna start. Uh, so I spend. I'm gonna sit, but I'm gonna move to this seat. Yeah, look at this. This is something no one at the last your stories did. I think people actively did not want to go by the mic. Anyway, uh, so I spend more time with Dwight, I think, than any other living person. Maybe than any other living thing. I don't know. Maybe my dog has you beat, but like you might be number one because like we do this together, which is my favorite thing that I do every month, and we also work together two days a week. And like I pick you up from the Popeyes, and I take you home to your house. So we got we got about <laughs> it's really sweet. So we got about two hours of car time and about eight to ten hours of comic time uh, twice a week. And then we do this, and you know, then sometimes we just call each other and talk about boys. So you know, <laughs> so uh, 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 you mostly, yeah, you're doing good in the rankings, Chris. Yeah. Um, you're just below Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for sure, Dwight Dwight is is one of my best friends, and I love him very much. Uh, and I, you know, I think about Dwight a lot in the context of this podcast because there's a really interesting fact about Dwight that he has been on more consecutive episodes than literally anybody. Like I I do the the hosting as far as like introducing guests and whatever, but. I missed more episodes than Dwight has. Like, his streak is bigger than mine. So really, Dwight is the voice of your stories. And yet, Dwight has never, ever told a story on this podcast. <laughs> Not once in almost four years of doing it has Dwight ever opened his mouth to do anything but sing or <laughs> introduce a song stiffly. <laughs> hey, I don't want to steal your bit, Mary Beth, but... Hey, Dwight, why'd you pick this song? Uh, it has the theme in the title. <laughs> uh, and that's really interesting to me because I feel like, I, like if, if there's people out there who only listen to the show and who've never met us, I don't think they have any idea who you are. Like, they hear you more than anybody else, but they don't know who you are. And so I made it my mission to find at least one of these people. And I did. Because Shelby's friend, Alex Cox is someone who listened to the podcast a lot before she ever came to an episode. And so I sent her a message yesterday, and I asked her, what did you think of Dwight just listening to the show, and what? how did your opinion change when you came to the show and met him and saw what he was really like? So here is, this is, I mean, it's only a, a sample of one, but here's what somebody... <laughs> yeah, it's statistically sound. Here's what somebody who doesn't know us but listens to the show, who hears your angelic voice every month, here's what they think you are. The first time I ever met Dwight, I was actually starstruck. I've been a fan of the Nerdalogs and the Your Stories podcast for years, so the first time I told a story of my own, I tried to avoid everyone because they were far too intimidating for the likes of me. And Dwight, I mean, Dwight's voice was literally angelic. I expected him to be, this is my favorite sentence, I expected him to be this super hipster diva, hipster diva musician who was only playing with the nerds as a favor or something. <laughs> Let me read that again. I expect. <laughs> I. I expected him to be this super hipster diva musician who was only playing with the nerds as a favor or something. To my surprise, Dwight was the first person to come up to me after I read a story and tell me, good job. And not in an obligatory sort of way. He seemed incredibly happy that people were sharing with one another. He was encouraging, kind, and accepting even before I knew him. Every time I come to your stories or a show, he seems to be the first person to give me a warm hug and make me feel welcome and less awkward. I'm so grateful that Dwight is always there to share his music and enthusiasm, but more importantly, I'm so happy he's always sharing part of himself. Smiley face. So, so that is what people who only know the disembodied voice of Dwight feel. To the rest of us who actually know you, I mean, you know, whatever. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Guys, so, uh, Dwight! Let's give it up for Dwight. We got a lot of people who want to talk tonight. Coming first to the stage is a master storyteller, Mr. Chris Crotwell. 
You're welcome. Alex told me to give you a hug as well. Excellent. I'll give you that hug later. <laughs> All right. Um, when I moved here uh, to live with Geiger, you know, when I was finally, after a quarter century, birthed from the sweaty hips of Alabama into this freezing hell, <laughs> where I was, where I was destined to become an adult somehow, after much struggle, I didn't know anybody, and everybody I met because of. Geiger or Patrick were comedians, which was great, but exhausting. Um, <laughs> it's just a really, it'll really wear you out. And uh, when I when I finally came uh, to your stories, I found a place that really made sense, but I wasn't comfortable. And I'm still not really. Uh, I love them. They mean a lot to me. All the people that go mean a lot to me, but I'm not that comfortable. The thing that makes me comfortable every time is that moment when I see Dwight. Because he has this amazing ability to make people feel comfortable. You know? He's like a Snuggie full of Xanax. (laughs) Really, really calms me down uh, and makes me feel welcome and happy to be there and has said some of the nicest things uh, anyone has ever said to me. And, like, when you see him on stage, it's that enthusiasm. Like, that goofy goofy enthusiasm or like the glee he has in making like a some bizarre aborted log of meat <laughs> um, and it's just yeah just he brings that he like he brings that to all the things that he does and you really feel that when you're around him i have considered and had many conversations with people over the last year and a half about starting to play magic And the thing I always bring up, and that a lot of people echo, is like, yeah, man, you know what, if we played Magic, it would be a really good excuse to see Dwight more often. (laughs) He's the sort of person I don't see enough, but that I always want to see. But one thing, uh, one thing sums up Dwight hugely in my head. Uh, And it's that no matter how old I get, and uh, no matter... How many amazing pictures people actually take of your stories? Your stories will always be blurry to me. <laughs> your stories will always be blurry to me because because the, the enthusiasm it takes every month to take 15 awful pictures and always... And always put them on Facebook. But this, see, this is my my theory. My my theory is that my theory is that it's not it's not pictures inexpertly taken with a bad phone that give that result. There is an aura of acceptance and love for every single person on stage around White that is so dense. That it actually bends light. <laughs> That's what he sees when he sees us. Because there's so many kick-ass vibes so close to where he is that everything, I imagine, comes across as fuzzy. And, you know, I some of the best pictures ever taken of me all look like they were taken through a foggy window. <laughs> And I, I really appreciate that, Dwight. I love you, buddy. Thanks. Chris uh, has a really good point. If you go through Dwight's Your Stories album on Facebook, you can see blurry details of a bunch of fine theaters that we've been a part of through the years. You can really see the public house grow from, like, a little scratch over here to, like, a couple more scratches and maybe some water, a curtain. I don't know what that is. It's a great album. Uh... Moving out of the comedy world for a second, although I still contend... Well, I guess Chris wasn't in the comedy world either, although I met you through comedy, certainly. This fellow, I contend, could have been a comedian, but instead he went into finance and has probably more money than the rest of us combined. John Lester. I don't think that's true. Don't go looking for my gold. Um, So... I met Dwight in 2007, and um, the thing that I, I'm glad is kind of the theme right now, aside from just being Dwight, is being Dwight's kind of enthusiasm for, for life and uh, his energy. Um, 
and it, it extends beyond the stage. It extends to everyday situations, including the mundane, as in the day I met Dwight. I met Dwight uh, at U of I, <laughs> and he already knows the story. So um, he came down for a comedy show, and before we went to this comedy show, uh, we went out to to get some, you know, luxurious, casual Tex-Mex at Chevy's. Um, so we had a table of about, thank you, spattering applause. That's why they're not in business anymore. <laughs> so there were about 15 of us. It was a pretty good-sized party. So uh, we got the long table. You know, those that have served would know this table as the one that you were really pissed off. You got served. Um, and so our service was a little slow. It was a you know, busy Saturday night. She was having trouble getting there. So sitting across from me from the, is this new kid. I, I just Eric came down with Eric from Chicago. Dwight. And so Dwight, like, unlike the rest of us, isn't drinking. He didn't get any alcohol. He got some iced tea. But because service is so slow, he isn't getting his glass filled very quickly. But luckily for him, the service station was right being over his shoulder. So he sees the full picture of iced tea, and he goes, well, okay. And so he just picks it up, and he starts drinking out of the pitcher of iced tea. So after one full pitcher, the waitress comes back, and looks at him and just gives him a disappointed look. <laughs> and while determining, you know, how good her tip is going to be from this service, she shakes her head and walks away. Dwight takes this as acknowledgement and acceptance of this act. <laughs> and as you do, turns around and he grabs the next picture of Ice Tea. <laughs> so as the rest of us, you know, we finish our meal and, you know, we're getting ready to roll out and go back to the show. Dwight excuses himself from the table, and, you know, understandable. We figure he's about to piss a gallon of the iced tea, um, but he doesn't come back for a while. And, you know, I hadn't really met him yet, so I didn't really notice he was gone. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, eventually I have to go. And so I walk to the bathroom, and Jeremy Connie is walking out, and Jeremy's like, hey, I think that Dwight kid's puking. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk in, and lo and behold... On the floor of this casual Tex-Mexican restaurant, Dwight is filling the toilet with vomit of the iced tea. Or enthusiasm, if you will. He was so excited to meet all these new people that he was just vomiting all that energy out. But this energy extends to more non-mundane circumstances. Um, so another thing that you know, Dwight, Eric, uh, Troy, and I do is we take trips every year. And one year we went to California, um, and one thing we did was we went to a podcast, uh, Doug Loves Movies, uh, hosted by Doug Benson. So this is a, you know, they get kind of B-list stars to come out and talk about movies. So in this particular instance, uh, we had gone to see Conan beforehand, and it so happens the warm-up guy for Conan is Jimmy Pardo. So afterward, when we went to the podcast, Jimmy's on the podcast, which we didn't know. So as they're introducing them, they're coming out. Dwight and Lauren, very excited, y'all. We just saw you on Conan, Jimmy! As all the eyes of the jaded film students of L.A. turn in on us, it also catches Doug's attention, and he goes, Wait, what was that? What was that? The next ten minutes, as recorded on the podcast, Doug Loves Movies, from the week of May 10th, 2012, for those interested, are spent riffing on Dwight by Bobcat Goldthwait, Jimmy Pardo, and Paul Shear, along with Doug Benson. It went on so long that the game they played at the end of every podcast that they've ever done for five years didn't actually happen. It was replaced with a game of, let's see how bad they can make Dwight feel. <laughs> but I cherish this memory, and it's I love it, because I just think back to all those jaded film students and kids that are just trying to get their scripts sold, and they're just Staring daggers at this kid from the Midwest, this tourist who's wearing a Price is Right name tag, by the way, um, and just staring at daggers, and I'm like, God, I love Dwight. I'm like, fuck the rest of these people. And I do. I love you, buddy. Yeah, Dwight is Dwight is Doug Loves Movies history. That's that's really true. I saw Paul Shear later that summer. I interviewed him, and I, I had to ask him, like, hey, do you remember this guy? And he did. He remembered you. Paul Shear knows who you are. Uh, also, a follow-up, because I think a lot of you guys know John Thibodeau, T-Box. So he was at that Chevy's dinner, too. And I, I didn't know what was going on in the bathroom, but at one point, T-Box comes back to the table and just goes to me, yo, man, I think your friend is having a bad day in the bathroom. <laughs> so... Uh, T-Box. 
Alright guys, we got a little more music Because how better are you going to pay tribute to Dwight than with music This is Mary Beth Smith who wants to do a thing and I, I will set up while you introduce if you'd like to say some words uh, uh, First of all, I listened to that episode of Douglas Movies Before I ever met Dwight And then I remember when Eric referenced that episode and that story And I was like Holy fucking shit! It was our Dwight! Like, I lost it. Cause, like, I'm a huge Douglas Movies fan, and it really was, like, they just, like, hounded him. It was so funny, I couldn't believe it was him. Um, uh, will you ask me how I want to introduce the song? Yeah, do you wanna, you wanna say something? Oh, or do you uh, wanna just do, you know, the Dwight style? When I found out that the theme was <laughs> lightning crashes. I was like, oh, Dwight's turning 30, and this is what it made me think of. (laughs) 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 Ladies, move. Gentlemen, move. Somebody ring the alarm. Fire in the room. Ring the alarm. And I'm throwing elbows. Ring the alarm. And I'm throwing elbows. Ooh. I'm overdue, give me some room, I'm coming through, paid my dues in the mood, me and the girls gonna shake the room, DJ spinning, show your hands, let's get 30, need that to get me off, sweating till my clothes come off, it's explosive, speakers are pumping, still jumping, six in the morning, tables dancing, glasses are crashing, no question, time for some action, temperatures about to erupt, gonna get my girls, get your boys, gonna make some noise, gonna get rowdy, gonna get a little unruly, gonna get fired in a hurry, gonna get 30, it's about time that I could stop the party, sweat dripping over my body, dancing, getting little naughty, wanna get 30. It's about time for Dwight's arrival. Ah, heat is up. Ladies, fellas, drop your cups. Bodies packed front to back. Now move your ass. I like that. Tight hip huggers. Slow for show. Shake a little something. On the floor. I need that to get me off. Sweating till my clothes come off. Let's get open. Cause a commotion. We're still going. Eight in the morning. There's no stopping. We're capable of popping. Hot rocking. Everyone's talking. Give it all you got. Just hit the spot. Gonna get my girl. Get your boys. Gonna make some noise. Rowdy. Gonna get a little unruly. Time that I came to start the party, sweat dripping over my body, dancing, get a little naughty. Wanna get thirty? It's about time for my arrival. Here it comes, it's the one you've been waiting on. Get it up, get it up, yeah, that's what's up. Giving up what you love. Oh, I missed one. Hold on. Giving up what you love to the maximum. Uh oh. Here we go. You can tell them the music starts to drop. That's when we take it to the parking lot. I bet you somebody's gonna call the cops. Uh oh. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Wanna get a little right? Gonna get a little on right? Get it fired up in a hurry. Gonna get dirty. It's about time I came to stop the to give that is that that song is spelled T-H-I-R-R-T-Y. <laughs> well, it's getting 30 tonight. <laughs> Guys, let's hear from Andrew Bentley. Yeah! Yeah! Woo! Woo! Yeah! Who wants to open Andrew Bentley's beer? <laughs> 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 Next 
time, Connie. <laughs> your time, I'm prone to. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew Bentley. The first time I met Dwight was at an early Your Stories event over top of Fizzbar, where Dwight sang Kiss from a Rose. On the way out, I tried to tell him how happy I was that he had done so, how the song was a guilty pleasure of mine. Oh, thanks, he said, and fled downstairs uh, out into the night from which he would not reappear, at least in my life, for another couple of months. At the time, I assumed he thought of himself as a big shot, with no interest in speaking to audience members, uh, a thought since proven plainly and patently ridiculous. <laughs> I was especially irked at the time, as I had been to almost every prior instance of your stories, a, a much different animal in those days, and could barely countenance the idea of such profane effrontery from a newcomer like him. Uh, now, of course, I cannot conceive of a Your Stories without his indelible, unmistakable voice. I don't mean the golden, honeyed baritone with which we are all familiar. Uh, I mean the spirit of warmth and levity he brings to Your Stories, or indeed, any event he attends. Dwight, I imagine his, his other friends will agree, is an excitable man. Um, an enthusiastic man. Uh, and in that enthusiasm, there is a natural temptation to speak of him in hyperbole. Uh, to stand here and tell you that Dwight Hessler is a cocaine sorcerer with chainsaw hands and a Fender Stratocaster for a dick. That, that the, the omnipresent plumes of vapor seeping from his lips are not from uh, his electronic cigarette, but rather are the souls of lesser vocalists consumed... And sublimated by the insatiable furnace that burns at his core, fueled by cider and other people's magic cards. <laughs> but to do so would consign to unforgivable shadow the true superlatives that govern Dwight. Dwight is the most earnest, least condescending, most honestly humble man I have ever known. I know now that the reason he fled that night at Fizbar was humility. A humility so innate and integral and blind that he wouldn't think to take up one moment more than necessary of a stranger's time. To watch that bashfulness evaporate in the years since has been my unqualified privilege. And if I have laughed or stammered or shook my head when he is lamented to me without a trace of malice that I surpass him in some endeavor or quality... It is from disbelief that he cannot see the thousands of ways in which he eclipses so many others, myself included, on a daily basis. And God help us if he ever figures that out. Good <laughs> Just for reference, Dwight, do you want to tell the crowd what you say to Andrew when, like, you're playing him in Magic and he beats you? <laughs> um, well, it's not that, like, I mean, I, I always beat him, so it's just like... <laughs> no, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. He beats me all the time. Uh, I just, I, I just, like, oh, okay, yeah, I just, I say, um, of course, like, you've got, you've got a... A great body, um, you're, you're thin, and you're white. I mean, you're so, you've got everything. And the wind over this fat Asian beer. Seriously, Andrew, acknowledge your privilege and let us win. <laughs> We've heard a lot of really nice things about Dwight tonight, but it's very fitting that this next speaker, who actually... Uh, so, fun fact, there's only two honorary members of the Nerdalogs. They're both here tonight. Dwight is one of them. The other one is our next speaker, who became an honorary member in this very venue. We gave her a little certificate and everything. And so Dwight has probably, I don't know, 25 friends in the room and one enemy. This is Shelby Monger. Yeah, so that's actually a really good intro. Um, so I'm going to set the scene for you guys. I, whatever. Um, I'm going to set the scene for you guys. Um, I had just started coming back your stories after having been uh, going to like two and then disappeared for about a year. Um, so this was at the upstairs gallery and I was still really unsure. I was still really nervous. Um, 
unsure about whether these people would be my friends for long term, whether they hated me, whether they just forgot that I was there most of the time. And I got up to tell a story, um, already feeling nervous because I was divulging my deep love for Good Charlotte and Yellow Card and My Chemical Romance, uh, which was not a, a fun admission to make in front of people. But um, And there had been some talk that night about uh, people sitting or standing for their stories. And I chose, <laughs> you remember this, don't you? So I chose not to sit. I said, Dwight, I'm sorry. And I moved his chair aside. And he exclaimed, as he does, loudly from the audience. And I told him that he could still sit in the chair. Um, so then I started to tell my story and heard everyone laughing as Dwight turned to sit in the chair that was facing the wall two feet away from me <laughs> for the rest of my story. <laughs> And it was from that moment on I knew that I hated Dwight. Uh, that was in 2013, I think. Um, and we, 12. And we have been feuding ever since. Um, so, like Eric said, I was the first honorary member of the Nerdalogs. Dwight copied me, of course. Um, we've been fighting sort of as the uh, for the singular Asian spot that can be in a group of profoundly white people. Um, so we've, uh, we've really had to go back and forth on that. And, um, you know, you can go back and listen to any of your stories that I tell a story on, and undoubtedly, every single time that I stand up that Eric announces my name, you can just hear a very distinct boom. <laughs> from the back. Um, so yes, Dwight, I hate you deeply uh, with all of my being. That having been said, um, I, like I said before, I am, um, I was really nervous when I first came into this group. Um, I am a, a weird person, um, constantly worried about making friends and having people actually like me. Um, and this weird arbitrary <laughs> that started with Dwight years ago became this hallmark for me that I felt like I belonged in a place. Um, I always knew that if I was nervous to talk to other people or if there wasn't anyone that I knew, I knew I could go talk to Dwight. And it would be a conversation full of animosity, but it would be a conversation uh, that I felt comfortable having. And so now whenever I listen back to your stories and I hear Dwight's very clear laughter, um, him and Geiger, the two I can always hear, um, and I hear the boos. Um, I get really excited and uh, thankful that I've adopted this weird, loud, good singing, I guess, um, <laughs> older brother figure that I could um, always rely on. So, Dwight, I hate you. Uh, deeply, forever and ever, I hate you. It will never end. Uh, thank you for being my friend. <laughs> I was so happy that Shelby was in town because, like, she obviously had to tell a story just to provide the counter perspective that, like, maybe you suck. I don't know. I drove from Ohio because I didn't want anyone to, like, think that he was that great. Fair. Shelby, are you back in August? Back in August. Can you leave? Yeah. You can only have one. Yeah. Exiled. We have one more story tonight, and it's from the lady that got us all here, put us together, Lauren Rodriguez. When I first proposed this idea for this event, I knew that I would have to tell a story. And it scared the shit out of me because honestly I thought that it would be hard to choose just one. And I was right. Well, I was right and I was wrong, as usual. As I sat and I racked my brain for the past two weeks trying to choose the most appropriate story for tonight, I kept coming back to one, as always. Before we started going out, the idea of being in a long-term relationship was frightening to me. It was akin to singing out loud without the radio on. No safety and no plan, and that's definitely not my style. But as is your style, unconventional ways are always attractive. This was true until the day that you built a fort and you invited me inside. <laughs> Under normal circumstances, a fort made out of blankets in a living room would not mean love, at least not the kind that I'm talking about. Um, but as we sat inside your fort and we watched movies, 
and you played me music. Even though we were lying next to each other, you swept me off my feet. And from that moment on, I started singing without the radio on. And it was scary because I didn't have a plan. So instead, I made a wish. And I hoped to God that we would have so many more moments like that. As magical and as special and as loving as us watching movies in your fort. And I was one of the lucky ones. And through it all, my terrible TV obsessions and boring, nerdy teacher conversations, we did. We do. And we will have those moments just as special as the one, that one. And that's why it was hard to choose just one. Because there are so many special memories. And I feel like the luckiest person that I've gotten my wish. And tonight, I hope you've gotten yours. And if not, there's still one more chance. <laughs> so think really hard. Close your eyes. And I wish for you that you always sing without the radio. Uh, Joe Gennaro is going to close out the night. Now, I know that this is stories about Dwight, but I just real quick want to tell a story about Joe. Just to, you know, (laughs) which is, we switching sides? A couple months ago, uh, we did it like a roast for Joe's birthday, and my bit was that I, I got up on stage and I faked that I was going to make Joe sing a song because the thing about Joe is he really, really does not ever want to sing in public. And I didn't actually make him sing. He told me, man, my butthole was clenched so tight that whole time you were pretending that you were going to make me sing. But then when I proposed this uh, idea, Joe asked me if we could do a song together. So Joe's really come a long way since March 1st, you guys. <laughs> Well, yeah, as as someone who turned 30 two and a half months ago, man, I can tell you, you get superpowers, people start respecting you, um, your fears seem trivial from before, um, also, my butthole is super tight right now, yeah. so, uh, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's uh, I'd like to say one more thing, uh, if I may, can make this about me for a second, um, <laughs> You know, you know, it's it's funny how how Claire uh, talked earlier about how she is a she felt confident as a stage performer, but not so much as a singer. And Dwight was kind of the opposite. Um, meanwhile, like this is uh, only for Dwight would I be doing this right now. Uh, because uh, even though our, our confidence may be one of the things that are different about us, uh, we share a lot of things in common. Um, I, I like to think that our sense of humor is are, are pretty on par. Um, I think that we both are, are um, fans of puns. Or do you boo puns? You love them. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the appropriate reaction to a pun. <laughs> so uh, that, that commonality in, inspired what I wanted to do tonight when... Um, I got the invitation for your surprise, your stories of Dwight and crashes. I, that was the end of it. So <laughs> thanks for, thanks for taking all the air out of that moment. <laughs> it's hot up here, right? So hot. Joe, you're so hot right now.
this angel opens his eyes <laughs> as I missed it. No, you can, I'm still on that chord. You can still do it. When do I start, though? The confusion sets in. Oh, it's not that one. As Lauren walks him through the door. It's okay. When he crashes, he's in cat and mouse. His shoulder bag falls to the floor. <laughs> Joe wrote all of these lyrics, by the way. This angel closes his eyes. The realization now sets in. The birthday boy is gonna have a ball. Coming back again Like a rolling Hassler Chasing the wind Forces pulling From the center of the Dwight again Happy birthday That tries to keep a man awake for Dwight Are you the hassler? I shouldn't wonder When I can feel you at my appetite I can see your e-cig I can see you right there, hassler Take me home to Dwight you go till I see the Dwight. Take me home to Dwight. Listen, honey, just like Lauren sang. Be my little hassler. Waving to such great Dwight's He's right there They'll say Everything looks perfect On Dwight's birthday And right there He'll stay We were blinded by Dwight Cut loose like a deuce Another half a kind of Dwight Everybody's having a great time on Dwight's birthday night. Oh, Hassler, that's where the fun is. In the middle of the Dwight, it's quite cotton old sheep. That's why he lies in his bed. Lies in his bed. Starts to drift off to sleep. Drift off to sleep. Kick it! Happy birthday, Dwight. Yeah. Ooh, guys. Happy fucking birthday, Dwight. This is great. So, look, um, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but there's obviously a recurring theme. Your voice is the voice of your stories. Yep. Do you want to come do a song with us, Dwight? 
Pick a song. We haven't prepared anything, but we know a lot of songs. What song do you want to sing? You gotta pick, buddy. I, I, we know like hundreds of songs. I know, right? Pick something from the eighties. Kiss for Rose. Kiss for Rose. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't remember how to play this one. <laughs> I think I remember this. All right. No, that's <laughs>
tribute? Okay. Alright. Yeah. What song? I think we'll attribute. Yeah. Are we doing this? Is that okay? No, I don't know it. This is the greatest and best song in the world. Tribute. Long time ago, me and my brother Eric here. We was hitchhiking down a long and a lonesome road. Armitage. There's shine, a shiny demon in the middle of the road. And he said, Play the best song in the world, or I'll eat your soul. Well, me and Eric, we looked at each other, and we each said, okay, and we played the first thing that came to our heads, it just so happened to be the best song in the world, it was the best song in the world, oh, look Look into my eyes and it's easy to see, one and one make two, two and one make three, it was destiny. Once every hundred thousand years or so When the sun doth shine and the moon doth glow And the grass doth grow Needless to say The beast was stunned A big crack with his whoopy tail And the beast was done He asked us Be you angels? And we said nay Obviously, thank you, Lauren, for putting this together. Uh, I'm so happy to have you all as friends, and um, I'm so happy that you're all here to celebrate it with me. Uh, my my, my uh, oldest friend, Josh, he's, um, he's he turned uh, 30 just before I did a day before. Wish him a happy birthday, too. 
Um, but, but seriously, thank you all. Uh, I hope we all can hang out and I just hug every single one of you. Thank you so much. We can hang out till 10.30. This podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash nerdalogs. Thanks for listening. <laughs>